So last week I had the, the privilege of introducing our series called Practicing the Way, something I'm so passionate about, so it was a real privilege for me. Uh, it's based on John Mark Homer's teachings, uh, his podcast titled Practicing the Way. Um, we can never in three weeks do justice to his excellent content. So I encourage you to, to go to the podcast, but go to the beginning. Scroll all the way down to the beginning episodes because that's what he builds from. We spoke last week about the fact that we've got to move away from being consumer Christians. Got to move away from being hobby Christians. You know, you can be quite good at a hobby. Uh, you can give time to it. But it still is taking place on the sideline of your life. It's not a priority. Your whole life doesn't revolve around it. And as followers of Jesus, as, as true followers of Jesus, we're called to be disciples, apprentices. Um, like the disciples in the first century, Jesus calls us to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. We, we, we realize that Christians are not just people who are saved and forgiven once and for all, although that is so important. But it involves a daily practice of living in the way and the will of Jesus, our master. Because the goal of being a disciple, a follower, is to become like our rabbi, our teacher. That is the goal. And so if you missed last week, you're welcome to watch it online um, to catch up. Now, many of you may remember me sharing before in a sermon that I am totally unsporty. So um, I remember at school running 1,500 meter race. Um, I did come stone last, so that's how unsporting I am. And I mean, by stone last, I mean there was a huge gap between me and the runner in front of me. Very embarrassing. But in 2017, a group of us at church decided we wanted to get fitter. And so my goal was I had never run without walking four kilometers. So I decided that was my goal in this 12-week period. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud to say that, that by the end of the 12 weeks, I ran four kilometers without walking. Not only that, I did a whole 10 kilometers. I did walk a little bit. But, but I, know, I know for those of you who runners and have done marathons and the comrades, I mean, this like 10 kilometers. I mean, what's she raving about? But for me, it was like Mount Everest, and it took lots of practice. Then uh, I ran a 15-kilometer race, the, the Westfall Christmas race, uh, so chuffed with myself. Then a couple of months, three months later, somebody challenged me, and after much practice and a lot of running, I did my half marathon, a 21-kilometer. Now, for this, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. The medal proudly hangs on my mirror to remind me of my achievement um, because it was totally out of, out of character. I had to get myself off the couch, go on long and short runs in hot and cold, rainy weather. Sadly though, that is the only medal I have. Um, I no longer run. I have heel troubles um, and I would say in practice now, I can call myself a walker, not a runner. And my point through this illustration is that just like I can't call myself a runner without regularly running, 
that if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, daily we need to be practicing and training ourselves to walk in his way of life. It's a daily practice. You know, we, we definitely are saved by grace. There's no doubt about that. We cannot work for our salvation. That's a gift from God. But as followers of Jesus Christ who want to become like Jesus and do what Jesus did, we like runners need to be involved in daily practices. Dallas Willard says, grace isn't opposed to effort, it's opposed to earning. And so to train ourselves in the teachings of Jesus, we need to be involved in the same practices as the early disciples. And today I wanna just focus more deeply on two of them. Uh, Debbie will focus next week on doing what Jesus did. I encourage you, if, if you want to, to take notes because there's quite a lot of content and you may want to reflect on some of the points later. So firstly, being with Jesus. This is the first and most important goal of discipleship, to be with the rabbi, to walk with the rabbi to walk in the dust of our rabbi so that we recognize his voice, that we follow in his steps and in his ways. Uh, I think of that childhood game, follow the leader, where you would be quite close to the leader, and if the leader lifted their arm, you did. If the leader jumped, you jumped. If they skipped, you skipped. But you had to be in close proximity to the leader to imitate what they were doing. And it's the same for us, that we need to be in close proximity. We need to be with Jesus in order to imitate him. Remember, John Marcoma explained that being with Jesus means learning to live in a constant state of awareness of and connection to the spirit of Jesus. We need to be in a constant relationship connected to the spirit of Jesus. The reason for this is that it's only through the spirit that we can be transformed. We're not looking just for behavior change or behavior modification. We're looking for a deep inner change of our hearts from which our behavior flows. You know, behavior modification or behavior change is, is a little bit like going and buying a, a packet of apples and stapling on an apple tree that won't produce fruit and hoping that that is going to work. No, it doesn't work because you've got to deal with the soil and the nutrients and, and the issue that's stopping the, apple, the, the tree from producing apples. In John 15, Jesus tells us that we need to be bearing fruit and fruit that will last. And the way we do that, I mentioned it last week, is we remain connected to him. Just like a branch remains in the vine and produces fruit. And if we're going to bear his fruit... We've got to remain connected to Jesus because apart from him, we will be ineffective and unproductive Christians. When you and I walk in a relationship with the Spirit, we, we live as Jesus does. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 23 says, speaks about this truth. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. The, the acts of the flesh 
um, of gratifying our desires are things like sexual immorality, impurity, uh, worshipping other gods, witchcraft, hatred, jealousy, selfishness, greed, envy, drunkenness. Those kinds of behavior and people who live like that, the Bible says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so if you are struggling with the fruits of the flesh, with gratifying your own desires, and you're not displaying that love and that joy and that peace, those fruits, then I encourage you to, to evaluate, are you being with Jesus? Because it's out of being with him, being connected to him, that his fruit will, fr will flow. Last week, um, after speaking about that illustration from the karate kid where that young boy was with his master and became like his teacher, somebody came up to me after the service and they said, Cindy, I so wish people could be like my 70-year-old uncle. He is so trained in karate that um, it's just natural for him. He, he's so good that he came to train some people in South Africa. And at 70, the guy said, be kind to my black belts. Uh, for this guy, his karate is so entrenched, it's, it's second nature to him. And, and my desire for all of us is that we are so trained in being with Jesus that doing, uh, producing the fruit of the, the spirits is just natural outflow of who we are. And so how, how do we remain connected to Jesus and aware of him today? Remember, last week, Dallas Willard encouraged us that it's, it's by turning our minds to him, by redirecting our thoughts to him over and over. And it's through that that we protect our souls and that we don't gratify, gratify our flesh. And so we need to practice God's presence and do that. He says, in the early time of our practicing... We may well be challenged by our burdensome habits of dwelling on things less than God. But these are habits, not the law of gravity, and they can be broken. A new grace-filled habit will replace the former ones as we take intentional steps for keeping God before us. Soon our minds will be turned to God as the needle of a compass constantly returns to the north. If God is the great longing of, longing of our souls, he will become the pole star of our inward beings. I love my family, and so often my thoughts will turn to Richard and Shay and Kara, concerned for them or prayer for them or, or thinking about them. It's just the same that as we practice and train our minds, we will regularly turn to thoughts about our Savior. Our God spaces that we have been speaking about um, over the, the last couple of years, the, the spiritual disciplines, the spiritual practices that help us carve out space in our lives where we can encounter God, they're spaces that help us realize God is present. And he's present with us wherever we go. They remind us that God is with us, and so we can go, God, you're here. 
but I've been distracted by traffic or rushing from place to place or meeting to meeting to meeting. But you're here, and God, I'm here. And just direct our thoughts to Him. You and I need to learn to be in two places at once. Here, as we are about our physical activities, but also constantly in tune and aware that God is with us and practicing His presence. Brother Lawrence, a Carmelite monk, um, who's a real great example of practicing God's presence. In the book, The Practicing the Presence of God, which is a compilation of his writings, you might want to get hold of it. It's a short, easy read and gives you great examples of how to do this. He speaks about, after being intentional about practicing God's presence in his life, that he was able to encounter God as much while washing dishes or serving supper to his brothers as he was in the place of prayer. And my desire for each one of us is that it will be the same, that we will be as much aware of encountering God's presence when we're putting the crying baby to bed or we're cooking supper or we're chairing a busy meeting or we're stuck in traffic because God is there as we are in this worship gathering or in our time alone with God. And so let us be with Jesus. And I want to encourage you, like I did last week, commit to 10 minutes a day of quality time alone with Jesus. Take your Bible and your journal and go into nature. Either just be silent and aware of God's presence or, or read and pray a psalm or write a prayer in your journal. And then from that time... Going to the rest of the day aware God is with you. And then turn to him in prayer. Turn to him in thanksgiving. Or whisper the name Jesus just to direct your mind. Or oh, I love you. Or I am here. You are here. Practice his presence. I'm going to invite the band to, to come forward. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but we're going to spend time focusing on the presence of God. He is here, but we're going to spend time practicing one of those spiritual practices, worship, reminding ourselves God is presence, creating space for his presence so that we can hear from him, so that we can speak to him. You can stand, you can sit. The focus is the presence of God. Let's worship. Jesus, we are so desperate for you. We are lost without you. You are our everything. It is only by you that we are saved. And it's only by you that we are transformed. And it's only through you that we have the strength to be committed, radical followers. You are our daily bread. You are the air that we breathe. Jesus, may we experience more of you today. Amen. Brings me to our second practice. Become like Jesus. Out of being with him, being connected to his presence, we will become like him. 
Because the aim of following a rabbi in the first century was to become like that rabbi. Jesus says in Luke 6 verse 40, everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And so if we are to be with Jesus, we will be formed into the very image of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate. Now you can't contemplate something you're not in the presence of. Contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We see from this verse, it is the Spirit who transforms us as we remain connected to Jesus, into the very image of Jesus. And note that in Luke 4, um, oh sorry, Luke 6, Jesus uses that word trained, because our spiritual formation into Christ-likeness is a process of us being trained to walk in the way and the will of Jesus. You know, it doesn't come naturally to us, just like running didn't come naturally to me and I needed to train. I don't know about you, but I didn't get saved or um, get up from my time, my quality time with God this morning and go, I'm 100% like Jesus now. That didn't happen when we are or were saved, we are forgiven and we purified once and for all, which is wonderful. But we don't immediately walk and live like Jesus did. We don't immediately walk in all he saved us from. Because sadly, we're trained and formed by the world around us. Romans 12 verse 2 shows us that this is so true, that we are being formed by influences inside and outside of us. He warns us not to be conformed by the patterns of this world, but to be renewed. Your and my heart and mind are, and behavior are as easily formed as cake batter is, is kind of formed by the shape that it's poured into. We are malleable. And so if we are to be completely transformed into the image of Christ, you and I need to be intentional about our spiritual formation. And we need to be aware of what is forming us. You know, about six weeks ago, I hit an emotional and a mental wall. Um, some of you know that I struggle with anxiety. And I had been going for counseling and I'd been putting into practice a cognitive behavioral therapy. But because of incredible sleeplessness, circumstances, and terribly wrong thinking, I hit a wall. And I was so frustrated and discouraged that I was back in old patterns of behavior. Many of us, we've been going to church for decades. And we're trying to change, but we're getting stuck. Perhaps some of us look clean and, and, and good and clean up on the surface, but underneath, change hasn't really happened. We haven't been tr transformed. Or we long to be transformed and we're trying to change, but we just don't know how. Thankfully, um, I was booked off from work for a little bit. And I was really intentional about being involved in Christian community, prayer, um, Christian counseling. Um, I was able to have good times of rest and wonderful times with Jesus in the Word, listening to Christian podcasts. 
And so Jesus and I are on a journey of, of him transforming me and giving me victory over anxiety. The victory he won on the cross, I'm beginning to walk in. Remember Dallas Willard, um, he defines Christian spiritual formation as a process of increasingly being possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. And if you and I are going to increasingly be permeated and possessed by the character traits of Jesus, then we need to be practicing intentional spiritual formation. We need to combat the unintentional spiritual formation that's happening in our lives. And I want to look at those two paradigms. So the unintentional spiritual formation, we are all being formed and shaped by these things. Those stories that we tell ourselves. Human beings love stories. Uh, it can be seen through our love for film and literature through the ages. And so we are all being shaped by the stories that we believe, how we make sense of the world we live in, and we shape by what we believe and tell ourselves about others, about God, about our circumstances, and about our own persons. So an example of this is about five weeks ago, the electricity went off one night from Durban all the way to Maritzburg. So the story Richard told himself was, well, two, three hours time, the lights are going to come back on. And he fell asleep and was snoring next to me. So frustrating. So the story I was telling myself um, was, the lights are off, the shops, the banks, it's not going to work, there's going to be riots. Okay, no, they've got generators. Okay, no, that won't happen. Oh, but in the flooding, my friend didn't have lights for three weeks. If it's from Durban to Maritzburg, we're not going to have lights. It's going to take them three months to sort this out. And um, my kids have got assignments, and they're doing it online. How are they going to do it? And what about what's in my fridge? And, 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 and. I was still awake at 2 o'clock, eventually fell asleep. The lights had come back on, by the way. I didn't know. Um, but, but that's what happens. That's what forms and shapes us. Is Richard went to sleep, and I was lying there stressing unnecessarily. So the stories we believe. Secondly, the habits we practice. What we do on a regular basis determines what we will become. So for example, if I sit every day and I'm playing on my PlayStation, I'm eating junk food and I'm not getting much sleep, I'm going to become an overweight, unfit insomniac. But if on the other hand, I wake up early every morning, I exercise, I train at gym, I eat healthily, I'm going to become the next cover model for the latest fashion magazine. <laughs> now, we all know that's a joke. But it's just to illustrate that we become what we do on a regular basis. We become what we do on a regular basis. Our loves and our longings are determined by what we do. Just ask John. He regularly drinks coffee, and he loves it, and he longs for it more and more. The more I am with Jesus, the more I long to be with Jesus, the more I delight in him. And thirdly, our relationships will form who we are. Over time, we become like those that we hang out with. 
somebody I know was, was struggling with swearing, and when we were talking about it, she said, the people I hang out with online are influencing me. They swear a lot, and so she was becoming like them. We're beformed by those we spend a lot of time with. And our environment, it shapes us where we live. The place we call home shapes us. We as South Africans, we look a certain way, we eat a certain food, we speak a certain way. When you're overseas and you hear someone say, yeah, you go, you're from South Africa. Um, I found that out in the UK when I was on the tube and I friendly greeted people and smiled at them, just like you do in South Africa, Salbona. I got daggers as though I was going to be the next Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, so, so you learn that you become like the environment that you live in. I very quickly stopped greeting people on the tube. All four of these things shape us over time and in our life experiences. Our life experiences, our family of origin has hugely shaped us. Abuse or trauma or achievements have shaped us. But it's without us being intentional, without us having a plan, and if we're going to counteract these very powerful influences, we're going to need to do more than just coming to church and hearing biblical teaching once a week. We're going to need to do more than just reading the Bible once a day, that little U version quote for the day, to counterbalance these very strong cultural influences. You know, I love scripture, and you'll see just now I'm going to recommend biblical teaching. I love scripture. I've memorized scripture. I read scripture regularly. But scripture on its own, biblical teaching on its own, wasn't enough to help me overcome anxiety. Other practices needed to be in place. And so we need to be really intentional about our spiritual formation. And there are four things that we can practice Biblical teaching, very important. Romans 12 shows us how we can counteract those stories we tell ourselves. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And we renew our minds with God's truth. We do come to, to, to sermons and hear biblical teaching. We do read the Bible and study it for ourselves. We do listen to Christian podcasts about Jesus' way and read Christian books. Because then we will know the truth that can counteract the lies of the stories that we're telling ourselves or that the world is telling us. And secondly, we're involved in godly practices. Those people who are trying to stop a bad habit will tell you that you need to replace a bad habit with a good habit. You know, if you're smoking, you replace it with something, with something else. And we need to look at what habits of ours are sabotaging our spiritual formation. Uh, a group of young adults who listened to John Marcoma's Practicing the Way podcast they were saying, well, my habit is to scroll on my phone for ages on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube shorts. And so I've deleted it so that I can replace it with prayer or with a Bible reading or just spending time being quiet in God's presence. The things that we do regularly, they're shaping and forming us into who we're becoming. If you're not becoming more like Jesus, do an audit of your regular habits and take them out and replace them 
with a God space. I don't know if you remember this document, but it introduces 12 spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines that can help you be with Jesus, create space to encounter Jesus. Uh, there are a couple at the information desk, or you can click on our, our bulletin for this week, and there's a link to, to get hold of that. But there are practices like Bible study, prayer, contemplation, service, fasting, Bible reading, worship, Sabbath, meditation, simplicity, and it goes on and on. Those practices allow God's space in our lives to be intentionally formed by Him and His way. And then thirdly, we need to be in community. You know, runners usually run together. I was able to do that 15-kilometer run because Mlu lives and breathes running. He has um, run many comrades. He has silver medals. Um, and he stuck with me, first-time runner, first race ever like that long. And he spoke the whole way, so I hardly knew I was running. And he encouraged me. He set the pace. When I wanted to stop, he kept me going. Community for us in our walk with Jesus is more than just friendships. It's relationships around being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. People who will hold us accountable accountable, people who will pray for us, people who will encourage us and have good conversations with us. We need community to shape us. And finally, we need to listen to and depend on the Holy Spirit. Our spiritual formation is done by God. He does all the heavy lifting, but we need to be listening to his Spirit prompting us, speaking to us. Create space for his spirit to work. And so if you're feeling stuck today in, in your life, in areas in maybe in depression, in anxiety, or addictions, or, or anger, or lack of restraint, or maybe you're in destructive behavior cycles, or relationships, or environments, Jesus invites you to partner with his spirit, to be with him, and to counteract those unintentional spiritual formations, which are powerful. We cannot expect to be like Jesus if we are not being intentional, putting extra effort into those four things to counterbalance the stories we tell ourselves, our habits, our relationships, and the environment that we're in. I don't know about you, but uh, I would love to live a healthy lifestyle. Um, unfortunately, I don't always practice a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I prefer chocolates and junk food to fruit and vegetables. Um, I prefer sleeping in some days to getting up and exercising. Um, I prefer staying up late watching series than, than sleeping. But that unhealthy, those unhealthy practices result in an unhealthy lifestyle. Then I'm tired and I get sick more often and I'm a bit more grumpy with my family. Unfortunately, many of us are like this when it comes to spiritual formation. We, we want to know Jesus. We want to become more like him and do what he did. 
but we don't want to be intentional about practicing walking in the lifestyle of followers of Jesus. And John Mark Homer just gives such a powerful example of this. He says, so many of us long for peace in this world that's full of uncertainty and anxiety. He says, but we, we want it kind of supernaturally, which God sometimes graciously gives. But so often we are not experiencing that wonderful peace of God because we're not practicing the lifestyle of Jesus. We are working 70 to 80 hours a week. We're rushing from place to place, meeting to meeting. We're always available on our cell phones. And so we're not experiencing peace. But if you look at the lifestyle of Jesus, Jesus knew when to withdraw. Jesus knew when to be with his Father. He depended on his Father in prayer. He practiced Sabbath. He knew a balance between being in community and being alone. The balance between work and rest. And so if we want to experience peace, we need to partner with the Prince of Peace. We need to practice his lifestyle. A good balance between rest and work, community and alone, withdrawal and engagement, Sabbath rest, solitude and silence. And so today, I want to invite all of us again to be apprentices of Jesus, followers of Jesus, so we can enjoy the abundant life that he wants to give us. And to do that, let's commit to spend at least 10 minutes a day of being with Jesus, just us and him. But also, I want to ask you to add to that an audit of your daily rhythms and routines and habits. Is there something that is sabotaging your spiritual formation? Something maybe you're watching or doing online. Maybe you're too busy. Maybe you're lazy. Maybe there's some practice that you can replace with one of our God spaces so that you can partner with the Spirit of God and be more like Jesus. After the service, a few of us will be available to pray with you. If you want to start following Jesus, we'd be privileged to pray with you. Uh, or perhaps you're stuck and you're going, I'm trying to put apples on an apple tree, but I need to deal with the nutrients in the soil for transformation to happen. We'd love to pray with you if you're stuck. Or if there's any situation we can pray into with you today. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege of calling you Master and Lord. You're a good, good Master. You came to set us free from things that harm and destroy us. Jesus, help every single one of us to partner with you in being followers of your way. Strengthen us to be with you. Holy Spirit, work in us so that we become like you, so that we can be a light in a world that so desperately needs your light. 
Jesus, we are so desperate for more of you. Amen. May you have a really blessed week as you practice the way of Jesus.